You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Good morning and welcome back to Real Presence Live. I am Dylan Reinhardt. And I'm Teresa Curley. And we are here at Pius Twelfth Newman Center in Brookings, South Dakota. And this morning we have went through the Stations of the Cross and how they apply to the spiritual and corporal works of mercy. We just had Amy Walsh on with us talking a little bit about the importance of mental health and intertwining that with the faith. And now we have with us one of the students here at South Dakota State University who is currently the Grand Knight for the College Council, the Knights of Columbus. He's involved with the pro-life group. I think president, I believe, um, with Jacks for Life here. So we have with us Ryan Vlamic today. Ryan, thanks for being with us. Yeah, Um, thanks for having me. Absolutely, man. Can we get a little introduction? Who are you, man? Where do you come from? What do you do? Yeah, for sure. Uh, Yeah, I'm uh, just straight east from Brookings here, originally from a small town, uh, Ghent, Minnesota. We got about like a whopping 300 people. So (laughs) (laughs) So, I've had a lot of exposure to the Mm. world. Um, Yeah, no, that's... uh, I came from like pretty pretty small family. That's mm. we just got four of us. My older sister Abby, mm. and yeah, um, went to school in Minneota. And like in uh, before I came to college here, there wasn't much that was like faith life orientated mm. in Minneota. <laughs> and so there was just one group. And so um, yeah, I was always kind of gravitated towards that, which was Teen Talk. Uh, it was just um, after the CCD classes. So like yeah. Uh, faith training um we would go and go to our priest's house and like a group of like 10 15 of us would be hanging out just asking mm. him questions about the catechism and stuff actually learning having fun with mm. it you know being sassy <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah um honestly i uh probably didn't get into the faith life and stuff until like my junior year probably or mm. something of high school and like that's where I found, yeah, a good group of kids, and that's, I thought that, well, I always thought that they were kind of like 10 steps ahead of me, so then I, <laughs> yep, <laughs> yeah, uh, kind of dove in, and from there, I really found the faith, and mm. like, found out like, hey, this is something worth like pursuing, this is something worth like putting stake in mm. in my life, putting time to, and absolutely, yeah, from there, kind of took off. <laughs> awesome, absolutely, man. What's your major here at South Dakota State University, and what year? Oh, I'm a junior here, so third year, and I'm business economics major with minors right now in political science, legal studies, and economics. Wow. That's, that's a lot. That's, that's a lot <laughs> of credentials there, man. That's oh, yeah. amazing. Um, yeah, so junior year, third year here. Yep. Coming in, walk us through what your experience was like coming out of high school. You were a junior, just like kind of coming alive in your faith. What yep. was that like leaving home? Coming to college, not knowing anybody, moving yep. into a, a town that's like literally 20 yep. times the size of your hometown. <laughs> Actually, probably more like 40 or 50 times. Um, but yeah, what was that experience like coming to the Newman Center, um, getting involved? How did you get to where you're at now? Um, I mean, honestly, I kind of loved it. That's I, I'm not too connected to my hometown, honestly. Mm. Um, but... Uh, my sister, Abby, she's actually four years older than me. She went to SDSU, you know. Yep. And, um, yeah, she had brought some Newman guys back home, uh, like, a few times. And so all of a sudden I'd meet these cool guys like Brad Whitrock and yep. all those guys. Yep, <laughs> Seth and Austin. And 
So they would come home and they were like, obviously I was just this little high schooler kid, but they would just treat me like one of them. I was one of the guys when they were around. Mm. Yep, they'd side with me instead of Abby. So when <laughs> you over just like that. Yep, exactly. And so yeah, I came to the Newman Center and they were all it was the Ryan kind of thing <laughs> when I came in. And so mm. yeah, um, I loved it. That's I uh, back home um, practicing your faith is kind of something that's a little bit like off or like you're looked at kind of mm. sideways for doing yep. and so going from um like that to actually like being praised for, or not praised for it but like yeah getting the respect where it's due mm. or like just being encouraged with it and being like yeah hey, yeah like come on man come with us like amen come walk with us and so yeah getting that kind of viewpoint from it it was i loved it mm. <laughs> it was a great transition amen for me. that's awesome dude praise god so with that what drew you into wanting to get involved um, more? What are you involved with on campus? What drew you to being involved in these things? Because I know you're probably one of the more heavily involved yep. students in general with like leadership in different clubs. It's kind of mind blowing, honestly, when he goes through all those minor, yeah, yep. like oh, and I'm president of this, vice president of this, I'm the treasurer over here. You know, I run this campus. No, oh yeah, but yeah, what are you involved in, and how did you get involved in these different things? What was that inspiration? Yeah, um, honestly, uh, when I first got here, that's yeah, I first got involved with the newman center met the guys the older guys who were in mm. charge of stuff um honestly a big part of it was we got a newman house around here that's called the swamp <laughs> yep <laughs> and so it had all the the old guys who were in charge of everything and i just kind of showed up and they treated me like one of their own mm. so all of a sudden like it wasn't like oh it's it was kind of like ryan and the freshman like <laughs> <laughs> instead of just one of the freshies so mm. <laughs> um honestly uh like yeah i was pro-life in high school and stuff because i kind of mm. had to be well i knew it was right and then out of kind of spite of other people not standing for it i was like you know what no i'm gonna get into this mm. and so i had that drive but not the actual like knowledge or any background or support group yep. before and so all of a sudden got to jacks for life like they had amazing meetings with like 30 40 people in them mm. and it was like dude this is amazing like we're yeah. fighting for the pro-life cause i'm gonna do this like this is something that's worth looking into mm. and so yeah um one of my really good friends now, actually, Jacob Roush was president back then. Yep. And so I remember seeing uh, the first meeting, and, like, I had stage fright for, like, horrible. <laughs> Still do sometimes. But, <laughs> um, yeah, I remember seeing and like, holy crap, like, this is amazing, like, how professional these guys are mm. and just, like, what they can all do. And so, um, yeah, like you said, I'm president now of Jack's for Life. That's I took over his position. Um, but, yeah, like, it was basically just seeing all these things and like Knights of Columbus. I was a night before as well, but coming in and actually seeing a good organization. Mm. Um, Jacob was a swamp man too. And uh, <laughs> um, yeah, he kind of took me under his wing, honestly. He mm. like gets er, credit where credit's due with mentorship wise yeah. of like, he kind of put me where I am today. Um, yeah. So he was president. Um, I, again, just a little freshman, then, you know, COVID cut us off. Yep. Yep, freshman year. And so it was going to be kind of a thing where, well, I guess I'm just going to kind of roll into sophomore year the same. Mm. But also I got some uh, emails and texts from Jacob like, hey, Ryan, I really want you to sign up for exec for Jack's for Life. And I was just like, dude, you don't know who you're talking to. You're like, absolutely not. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And so, yeah, I uh, began with being the treasurer for them last year. And then after Treasure, um, we had a really good group there. With mm. But, yeah, clubs on campus were kind of shut down with COVID, yep. but we had a nice way around that uh, <laughs> with the, 
the Life Runners organization. Mm, <laughs> truly. Yep. Um, and so, yeah, that was pretty awesome that we were able to still do events and stuff mm. through that. Um, and so we had a lot of good formation, like, again, being taught everything uh, pro-life and just loving it. Mm. And so then when our president, who was Maggie Steinkamp, actually, last year, she was leaving and graduating, um, yeah, it kind of felt to me that there's a lot of qualified people, but we were all just kind of like, hey, I think I'm going to have the most time, and, like, you guys will be there to help me. Mm. And so, yeah, we kind of threw me into president slot, and after that, it's, yeah, it's kind of taken off. That's, yeah, praise I, God. Yeah, like, not a whole lot of confidence there going into it and stuff. Mm. Like, hey, I'm just a normal guy. Mm. Like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this, but... <laughs> <laughs> That's what he likes. Yeah, Amen. exactly. Amen. You know? <laughs> just kind of thrown into it but yeah mm. no it's been great i got a really great exec team a lot of good support people um yeah that's it's been an awesome experience mm. honestly praise being God. able to actually fight for life like on a level that matters mm. yep and yeah try to lead like the campus in that light amen and you're just down in sioux falls yesterday <laughs> yep. all day weren't you one of yep. the few that was braving out in front of planned parenthood praying which is really cool i saw a yep. picture that you post on snapchat yep. <laughs> like you and one other person standing yep. out there um yep. but that's really neat man it's really cool to hear taking initiative especially i mean coming in as a freshman even though like you were invited with the open arms a lot of times you believe that lie like i'm inferior i'm young mm-hmm. i don't have the experience but to jump in and kind of like you said Teresa, like it's beautiful like that's mm-hmm. usually where you has us is where we feel underqualified yep. but that gives us such a beautiful opportunity to like embrace our poverty mm-hmm. to embrace the fact that we're poor and allow god to come in and surround us with good people that can help lift us up but also the fact that like you don't lean on your own understanding you don't lean on all of your own talent you need to allow god to come in and do that which is really cool oh, yeah. to hear something that i didn't know i thought you're always just mr like yeah i'm gonna go i'm gonna do it send me lord but uh hearing that like yeah, some of those insecurities, lies trying to poke in and just like, all right, I'm taking courage. I might be afraid, but that doesn't mean that I need to back down. doesn't mean I need to run away, which is really cool. Thanks for sharing that. What are some of the biggest blessings for you just giving your yes? Like not necessarily the organization or the campus itself, but for you personally, what are some ways God has blessed you? Mm. Um, honestly, I would say like the confidence in being a son of god mm. Mm. like honestly that's i yeah growing up that's yeah like you just said there i might appear as like a great like all right let's do it like mm. put me in that leadership spot no matter what and i'm gonna go mm. but no like i had no confidence in high school mm. that's yeah i had no confidence in coming in like i wanted that but didn't know how mm. and so yeah when i yeah again got to give it to jacob roush here he mm-hmm. he is my discipler and focus um but he was Grand Knight and president of Jackster yep. Life as well. <laughs> and so um, when he brought me in and, like, invested in me, that's that's what I thought. Like, I wanted somebody to invest in me. I wanted somebody to tell me, like, hey, this is going to, like, be tough, mm. but, like, you can do this. Mm. And so when I was given that, like, I ran with it. And that's obviously, I wasn't qualified. I wasn't, like, mm-hmm. I didn't have it all figured out. But I realized that nobody does. Mm. <laughs> Truly. Yep. Truly. And so, um, yeah, it's basically, like, uh, whoever's, like, willing to, like, go with it is going to be the leader. And so mm-hmm. <laughs> actually being able to, like, have that confidence now and, like, knowing, like, hey, I might not be the best at everything. But, like, if I go for it and actually try and, like, keep the Lord at the focus... Mm. I'll have that, like, <laughs> I won't be able to go wrong. Mm. Mm. There you mm. go. Yeah, amen. <laughs> and at the end of the day, 
if everything seemingly goes wrong, you have that confidence and that foundation. Like, I'm a beloved son of God yep. with whom he is well pleased. And nothing mm. can, like, rob you of yep. that, you know? <laughs> he spoke that at your baptism, man. Oh, yeah. He continues to speak it for eternity. It's like, do we embrace that, you know? Which mm-hmm. is really cool to hear. Really cool to hear. <laughs> All right, well, Ryan, we have to take a quick break, but we would just love to dive deeper into your story mm. after this break. So stay with us. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Have you forgiven those who have hurt you, especially those who abandoned or left you after taking their own life? I'm Father Chris Alar. Jesus says that you can only be forgiven by God if you forgive others. It is one of the most important things you can ever do. For if you don't, you are jeopardizing your own salvation. When you refuse to forgive someone, you are not hurting them. You are only hurting yourself. Forgiveness is a critical part of the healing process, which includes forgiving yourself. Also, forgiveness may not be nearly as difficult as you think. So join us and learn how to forgive, and God can fully forgive you through His love and mercy. Please visit suicideandhope.com so I can personally pray for anyone you've lost and to get our book, After Suicide, There's Hope for Them and You, which helps with any kind of suffering or loss, not just suicide. I promise it will help. Oh, it's amazing. The outreach, the ability to touch people just about at any hour of of every single day is such a blessing. Uh, It's a wonderful way to reach into their lives and and just to allow them on their own time, really, to, to encounter the life of the church and to share in the prayer of the faithful all over our country and really all over the globe. The ability to to share the teachings of the church in such a dynamic way, in so many different ways, you know, that that's just a, a wonderful thing. We've got so many different commentators and and contributors who have their own angle on the living of the faith, and uh, that touches different people in different ways. So I, I just can't tell you what a blessing it is. You know, we talk about the mission of evangelization, and it's happening right here. This is Kathy Johnson from Blessed Sacrament in Rapid City. Thank you for listening to Real Presence Radio. You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Thanks for staying with us on Real Presence Live. We're broadcasting from SDSU, the Twelfth Newman Center, South Dakota. I'm Teresa Curley. I am Dylan Reinhardt. And I'm Ryan Vlamic. Yeah, and we were just here with Ryan talking through um, just his involvement on campus and some of the things that he's doing, including Jacks for Life, which is the pro-life club here in Brookings, as well as being the Grand Knight of the Knights of Columbus College Council here and just hearing the reality of stepping up into leadership despite having those um, nagging lies and insecurities coming in saying, you know, you're not worthy, you're not, you're not able to do this, you're not qualified and everything and being able to fight through that, which has been really cool and really enlightening for me because I've known you for the past, like going on three years now. Yep. And always kind of perceived, nah, this guy's got it figured out. He's always jumping into this leadership. So it's very enlightening to hear, yeah, I've been battling through it and trying to embrace my identity the whole while. Um, now, I want to jump into a little bit more on the impact of 
the Newman community and just like focus being intertwined with this mm-hmm. Newman community, what impact has that had on the deepening of your faith life and understanding of who you are? Uh, yeah, it's been a really good, um, like call to commitment and like mm-hmm. accountability. That's yeah. I'm with focus. That's, I know, uh, I was originally kind of under you like informally. Mm-hmm. And so we were able to talk and try to deepen the faith life, but, uh, it's been really great. I'm in Cody's chain now and, yep. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's been amazing to actually um, like have a authentic relationship mm. like in the faith with real men, and so then like and with men that are striving to like be that man, mm. like to be the example of like Saint Joseph or like Father McGimney, like Amen. <laughs> yeah, actually striving to have good prayer. That's that's yeah, right there. That's the mm. that's what we need is prayer. And so um, never really having that before. That's the calling to hey like get 15 minutes of prayer a day and then mm. like oh okay hey i got the 15 minutes okay get a half hour a day. yeah like until <laughs> <laughs> so finally yeah you keep going but mm. i mean it's been i mean it's been everything that's like you said that's like when when the rest of the world goes to crap like what do you have to rely on mm. if you aren't praying if you aren't keeping the lord at the center of your life like you're gonna flake just like the world mm. yep and so mm. that's been something that like i am extremely thankful for with our community that like yeah we are involved in a lot of stuff yeah it's like a lot of busyness Mm. but at the end of the day we're always trying to focus on the lord amen yeah and like yeah being able to know like what the faith actually is Mm. or like what a man actually is Mm. and trying to learn that through like your example and through all the other men's examples of like hey like in a society that tells men like hey go get drunk every single night. Hey, Mm. go have sex with every woman that you can find. Mm. Like go just don't take responsibility for anyone else other than yourself. And then Mm. you're good. Like to be brought up with that. And then to be told like, Hey, like, no, (laughs) be that pillar for all the other men Mm. around you. Like you, yeah, the Lord is trying to use you to spread his word. (laughs) Mm. And so to actually like try to be worthy of that position. Amen. Hey man, it's such a, t- a tough thing on a college campus too. Yeah. Um, a lot of the times, unless you're on the college campus, you don't recognize how intense that battle is. Um, a lot of the times we like to believe, oh, it's not as bad as what like a lot of people say that it is. But you see just the pull of the culture so heavily and to go against that grain and to like live in Christ's heart on the college campus is tough. Like especially right now where it seems like everybody's trying to find out like what their identity actually is. And for students and yourself to step out and embrace that identity as like beloved son of God and to live from that identity, that's not easy. And it starts, like you said, with prayer, like sitting down with the Lord and like receiving what he has for me and just making that consistent time and relationship and friendship with God is amazing. Um, one thing that comes to mind, I know we've talked and we've kind of nerded out about Jocko Willink at oh, times yeah. <laughs> and his book, Extreme Ownership. Um, Especially for the listeners out here, right? Like you might be a college student, but there's some listeners out here that can definitely benefit from even hearing your thoughts on like, how do you take ownership? You talked about how a lot of times we try to pin all of our responsibility and what's happening in our lives on things outside of us. But how do you take ownership of your faith? How do you take ownership of your life and like claim your identity as a beloved son? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think, I mean, it's a really hard thing to do, but Amen. <laughs> um, Amen. But I think the best way that you can do it is literally through leading through action. Mm. Like, let your actions speak louder than your words. Mm. 
That's and I mean, obviously, I am nowhere near perfect in this. <laughs> <laughs> that's um, that's oh man, what was it? Uh, buddy of mine, he had on a snap story. It was him. Um, it was one of my favorite quotes that he said, and it was uh, him on a horse's back and like fifty mile per hour wind, and it's just like hailing, and the cattle have gotten out and they're getting it back. And the quote said, "Everyone wants to be a cowboy until you got to do cowboy crap." <laughs> <laughs> and so um, I kind of mm. I like to apply that with um like sure I'm Grand Knight, sure I'm uh, President of Jacks for Life, like sure I'm like claiming to be this great mm. man at the Newman Center and kind of like held up a little bit higher. Yeah, and it's like yeah, that's always like amazing for the ego and stuff like mm-hmm. defeat it but at the same time it's like you gotta you gotta follow through Amen. like there's so much room there for like being held to a higher standard that mm-hmm. like it's really tough because all of a sudden you would do something that like i don't even know yeah you don't own up you don't actually uh take ownership of something you you slack on prayer you aren't making it to mass mm-hmm. or something like that and it's like no like i gotta be called to this higher standard mm-hmm. but yeah no that's like through taking ownership of your prayer life, like pray. And obviously we aren't called to like, Mm. be like, Hey, I'm praying over here, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Look at me. (laughs) No, Mm. like actually pray. That's, uh, last semester. That's, I know this is something you struggle with is busyness. Mm. That's Mm -hmm. all of a sudden it's like, Hey, I'm, I'm going to pray. And then it's like, Oh, okay. I'll pray at 9am. And then, Mm -hmm. Oh, well I I slept in because I was up till 2am last night. (laughs) And so then, yeah, all of a sudden it gets to 1am it's like, oh, I still haven't prayed. Mm. Last semester, my holy hour was from 1 a.m. That's <laughs> 1 a.m. to about 2 a.m. or midnight yeah. to 1 a.m. is when my holy hour mm. was. And, like, sure, it was not the healthiest schedule, but, like, mm. I needed it. Mm. Huh. Amen. Yeah. And, like, actually being able to – I hate journaling. I'm not, <laughs> not going to lie. I hate journaling, but, like, actually sitting down, like, praying the rosary, doing my holy hour, and then journaling, like, hey – what have I struggled with today? Mm. Like, what did I do well? And what do I have to do to make sure tomorrow's better? Mm. Like, what if I fell today in something? Like, yeah. how do I get how do I get past that tomorrow? Mm. How do I better myself? Mm. Yeah, and how do I embrace, like, God's mercy oh, yeah. in this mm-hmm. and not beat myself up? I feel like especially, I mean, here I feel like a lot of the guys, including myself, like, you make a mistake and you're hard on yourself and yep. you kind of beat yourself down. It's like, man how willing am I to sit down mm-hmm. and embrace God's mercy? I'm like, all right, Lord, like we made a mistake. Help me get back up and we're going to try again tomorrow. Yeah. You know? And I mean, that's one of the best things with ownership of like, okay, something bad happened. Like, mm-hmm. am I going to sit here and be sad about it and complain about it for years mm-hmm. and let it like, uh, like hinder my future. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, like just be honest with yourself. Like if you aren't getting prayer, be honest with yourself. If you aren't Amen. going to mass, be honest with yourself. If you're, yeah, struggling with something, acknowledge that know where you are and now just move forward Mm. like and you can't do it alone and that's one of the best thing or biggest things i've learned because that's something that obviously a lot of men and women struggle with is hey i'm gonna be well especially in the midwest i'm gonna be the toughest Mm. hammerhead in the world and (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna do this alone i'm gonna white knuckle it until the end yep (laughs) yep and so yeah to actually have like amazing good men here and uh like hey like admit vulnerability and mm. like, hey, I need help with this. I desire to be a better man. I need your help. Mm. Yep. Amen. Amen. That's something that struck me from the beginning of the interview when you came to the Newman Center and so many people immediately welcomed you and you knew you by name and yep. just welcomed you into the community. So what 
what would you encourage other people to do to be that welcoming presence for other people who are just starting out in their faith or just need help along the journey? Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously that's something that's so tough here that we've been figuring out. Me and Dylan have talked about this where, like, yeah, it's so important to feed back into the community. Mm. Like, especially for myself, like, I had that. I had the perfect situation where, like, people that I respected and that were doing great things in the faith were like, hey, Ryan, come walk with us. Like, come mm. with us. Like, you're one of us now, but if that group isn't there, like, so many people are going to fall through the cracks. Like, so many future saints mm-hmm. are just going to, yeah, go somewhere else with it. And so, to actually be that person, like, you see somebody, it's like, don't look over at them and go, eh, I'm going to go talk to my friend group. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, like, actually reaching out to people and new people and, like, trying to make good friends. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, no, that is one of the most important things is getting them in here. Like, mm. that's something with you uh, focus missionaries that's always uh, construed around here kind of negatively is, like, all of a sudden we won't see you guys for two or three days. And mm-hmm. you guys will get crap like, hey, where were you guys? And it's like, <laughs> we were out on the campus. Like, you guys are in the Newman Center. Like, <laughs> we aren't trying to get you. <laughs> we're trying to get the other guys that need to be here. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah or yeah, go for it there. I was just going to say, <laughs> something that comes to mind is just like taking initiative. Yeah. I feel like there's just so often, um, especially post-COVID, I've recognized as being a missionary that everybody is waiting for someone else to take initiative. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, especially with meeting people, you know, like who's going to be that man, that woman that takes initiative to go and introduce themselves to someone new and to like take courage in spite of that fear of being awkward or mm-hmm. uncomfortable or fumbling over your words or being, you know, like even on the radio, you know, yeah. like inviting you guys on today is like you're taking initiative and you're sharing these things, even though like you could say something stupid, you could fumble over your words, but then you entrust that into the heart of Christ and like lean on Christ mm-hmm. as an understanding. So that's just something that comes to mind. That's really cool. As you speak, that is just the need to take initiative um, and it's something that we talked about coming back from the Father's House retreat that we were just on this last weekend. Um, one of the guys was talking. He's like, yeah, I don't know. I just feel like if I get to a parish, like no one's going to really reach out to me. And I don't know if I'm going to be able to reach out to them. And I just feel like so many people don't have actual friendships, you know, even in the parish life. Mm-hmm. So to have that opportunity now, to have the experience of taking initiative and getting over that weird discomfort that comes with that is like that's really beautiful man and to recognize it too and the need of it and okay like other men like let's jump in this other women like let's jump in and initiate and let people know that they're seen that they're known that they're loved and that they're cared for yeah and i mean just to acknowledge like in that situation that you just gave like don't give fear more uh more power than it's due Mm. Like, if all of a sudden you're in a Newman Center community and it's like, oh, I'm afraid these people are going to judge me. It's like, dude, you're in the Newman Center. Like, <laughs> like we're all cool guys. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, like, actually, yeah, taking that initiative is like you're saying there. And it's so important because, like I said, that's if I wasn't invested in, I would not be here. Mm. That's I would I would have kept uh, just doing my own thing. I would have been doing classes, going hanging out, not actually doing, like, much that had much stake Amen. to it. But all of a sudden, somebody invested in me when I didn't think. Because yeah, everyone's in the same boat. I'm unqualified. I mm. couldn't do this. I'm mm-hmm. I'm too busy. I there's no way I could get it done. And so when you actually like invest in somebody, say no. Like trust me, you can do this. Like you are good enough to do this. Mm. If you give them that, they'll run with it. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Thanks, Ryan. Yeah, Thanks thank for your you witness. <laughs> keep keeping on. Yes. Oh yeah. Keep keeping on. Keep praying. That's the biggest thing. And for you listeners here, like. 
don't be afraid to jump in the chapel and start praying now. Like Ryan said, a lot of what we encourage, if you're not praying right now, start with five minutes. Go from there. Just be there. Show up to the place. Sit in the presence. Once you get used to that, go to 15. Just like allow the Lord to fill your heart and not, yeah, not live in this, oh, I've got to do the perfect thing and pray exactly a holy hour right to start. It's like start small and allow the Lord to bless that and like draw you into encounter with him, yeah. which is really beautiful. Amen. All right. We need to take a quick break and then more Real Presence Live after this. Live, engaging, and local. This is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. 